This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boring producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, I couldn't be more fired up to announce the exact guest we need at this moment. Yahoo Sports NBA guru who dominates draft coverage on an annual basis with a knowledge base and a relationship with the players that stretches back more than a decade. The woman who called both Kaminga and Moody's success in the NBA when no one else could quite see it. And a close friend of this podcast who recently DM'd us to say, quote, I have an epic story about how I kicked my tenant out of my basement. Miss Kristen Peake, what's going on, KP? I love that intro. I love that intro, especially the last part. <laughs> no, you and I both. What, Dude, your, what your a great tease. Your, your, your intro is so loaded. I couldn't even fit in the fact that you sat down with Chet Holmgren like over the last like few hours. Like You've been doing so much. You are so loaded up. And the last thing I was going to do is get rid of the kicking the tenant out of the basement. So let's start there, dude. One, why is somebody living in your basement? And two, how did you kick them out? Oh, my God. Okay. So I, I live in Utah, um, and uh, the cost of living is lower than Los Angeles. Duh, why I moved to Utah. Uh, first mistake. Second mistake is um, when I started traveling a lot more for work and work decided, yeah, we're not going to cover it. I thought, okay, I need a side hustle. And I have an entire apartment in my basement. And so the guy that was training my nephew, who he's like 27, played in college, um, seemed like a nice enough guy. And he, he, it was like seven, uh, my house is seven minutes from the gym. So I just offered it. I was like, Hey, and he's living at home with his mom because that's what you do now, I guess. And and I was just like, hey, do you want to move into my apartment, my basement apartment? I'll charge you a thousand bucks a month. Um, yeah. The only thing is, is like, please do not smoke or vape because I'm going to sell my place at some point And I don't want that like in the walls. So I have to repaint. Yeah, great. Great. No problem. No problem. It was a great side hustle for about seven months. 
And then I came home. Like, and he never, he never came upstairs to my apartment unless it was to do laundry. And then like, that was it. That's the only time I ever saw him. So then like I came home from a long work trip and I go for a long run and I go to take a shower or a bath and I notice all the bath salts in my bathroom are gone. And there are like two, two red wine rings like on the bathtub. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude and his girlfriend took a bath in my bathroom. And so I had to kick him out. I kicked him out. <laughs> Did you confront That's him that with it? it right? A hundred percent. Oh my God. Yes. In some ways I'm kind of happy to hear, well, I was going to say, I'm kind of happy to hear that he was with his girlfriend because somebody just creepily taking a bath, to, like a bath on their own would be weird as shit. But I, no, that is exceptionally fucked up. And did you give them a reason? Like, did you go downstairs and be like, what's up with the bath? Or did you just say it's time to go dude? like, I, I am not dealing with this. No, I, so he came up to do laundry and, um, he goes, Oh, Hey, how was your trip? And I was like, great. How did you like my bath salts? Which flavor did you like? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, and I just, I stood there like awkwardly silent. And he was just like, he wouldn't say anything. And he goes, oh, well, it was just that one time. And I'm like, get out. You have till the end of the month, get out. So I kicked him out. I was waiting for you to say this is either Rudy Gobert or Joe Ingles. It has to be somebody from the jazz. To make that it's later. definitely, it's not, it's not. Living oh, in the okay. basement. I like this also yeah. that Kristen added, would you like to live in my basement? Apartment. I hope like that you immediately made it clear that it wasn't just a basement. I also enjoy that you call bath salts flavors. I mean, are you eating your bath salts? I feel oh, like, I'm sorry, like sense. more fragrances. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, running, I'm, running, I'm running on three hours of sleep. You're right. There's sense. Bath salt sense. <laughs> would you like to live in my basement loft? That's what she's yeah, calling yeah. <laughs> the camera pans out from Christian. She's actually surrounded by basalt she's been <laughs> snacking on while getting through this entire round. So let the record reflect that we are insanely lucky. So I'm, I'm obviously bearing the lead. Christian, I said in the open, is the NBA draft guru. Um, and we're not the only person who thinks that. She has been doing radio hit after TV hit after podcast hit everywhere. So we appreciate her joining us and not just because of her tenant stories. And I tell you what, KP, we have so much to talk to you about. And it's not just a draft. The, the last time you were on here, you were lucky enough, or we were lucky enough to hear some dating stories from Utah. So I need an update on that. One of my favorite segments of all time. I know nothing about the draft this year. So I need you to help me with my ignorance. But before we get there at all, I want to do a glass half full, but it's a cheater one. It's kind of a selfish one. So most of the time, glass half full, I just give you the mic. Shut up. You tell us whatever has been sticking out to you. Not today. Today, I've got a specific question for you, and you are the perfect person to answer it. Yeah? The question is, will Golden State be better next year? Here's why you're the perfect person to answer it. You've got a relationship with this Warriors team. You know Steph since back at Davidson. You know Draymond since Michigan State. You know Clay since Washington State. But you also know all the new guys. You're the one who told us about Kaminga. You know who the hell, you know, who Wiseman is. You know JP. You know all of these guys and what they might become. So as my my first just open-ended question, heading into next year, do you expect the defending champions to actually be better than they were last year? Yes, because Kaminga has untapped potential. So does Moody. 
I think they're going to fall into more of a rhythm than what we saw this year, obviously. And I mean, we saw it with Jordan Poole. It took him a couple of years to, you know, kind of get over that hump and figure out what his place was in this team. And we're just going to see the same thing from both Moody and Kaminga. Kaminga especially, because he's still so young and so raw and he's still figuring it out. You could see his frustration with the pace and and what was available to him uh, during last season. But um, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and just continue to be a player that flourishes and is going to help this team more than hurt them. So I love that response. Let me hit you with this first follow-up, and it's another one I'm really excited to hear your response to. So I've learned a lot about Kaminga through you, right? And one of the things I've yeah. learned is how competitive he is and how he believes in his future. He reclassified in high school because he believed in himself that much. Finals, you know, we, we, he got minutes. We saw him on the, on the road up to the finals, but not in the finals. In the finals, he didn't get anything but cleanup duty, really. Knowing what you know about his personality, is that still a transformative experience? Like, is that something that JK can learn from and get better by? Do you think he's frustrated from not getting those minutes? How, how did you watch that, that finals experience for him? Honestly, when you, if you get to the finals and you've got Steph and Clay on your team and the, they can carry you to a ring, you, you just sit back, you enjoy the ride, they get you an NBA championship, and you regroup next year and try to figure out where you're solid role is on the team I don't think he was upset at all him and Moody both walked away under 20 years old with a NBA ring something Charles Barkley never did in his career and countless other players let me pause to give you congratulations on your professionalism so for those who don't have the video if you're not in Patreon you wouldn't know that Kristen's doing this and and I don't know 10-15 minutes ago somebody walked in through the uh, through the back of her uh, hotel room. I don't know if it's her regular, wherever it is. And Christian is trying to keep this as professional as possible and has had to literally move her computer to three or four different positions so we couldn't see behind her and know that KP, I'm desperately trying to see as much as I can in your life behind you. Like, I was kind of upset that you moved the computer. Like I wanted to kind of watch whoever that person was. So no, it's a, it's a friend of mine waiting to check into his room. So I said, come and work in my room. But I didn't think he was going to come in mid podcast. So, like, <laughs> when we start talking about dating, you guys are going to be like, oh, who's in your room? Yeah. Made it up from the basement lot okay. all the way to your room. Oh, my God. And, and can we also congratulate her on a flawless impersonation of Marcus? I thought that that was Marcus speaking when you said that. So, I mean, you've really you've got her voice there, his voice down perfectly back to the Warriors thing, because here's another follow-up question. Didn't hear Wiseman, but I know you believe in Wiseman. Um the growth that Moody and that JK would have having gone through those playoffs is obvious. We didn't get minutes in the finals, but they got minutes. You know, we, we saw them help bring uh, the Warriors back in that Dallas loss. Wiseman didn't, but he rode with the team. He was with them. We saw him, you know, shooting around before the finals. Do you think that helps a, a young player? Not playing at all. You know, he, he literally isn't on the active roster, but he's out there with them. Do you think that this is going to help Wiseman as we go forward? Sure, he won a ring, but he did it spending half his time in England getting stem cell treatment on a torn meniscus that doesn't really feel like a torn meniscus anymore. So him jumping on Instagram being like, ring me, ring me, ring me. I'm like, dude, you got to tone it down a little bit. You haven't done anything yet to like to warrant that sort of celebration, you know, but I, I, I want I like James, you know, this like I want the best for him. But uh, he's turning that corner to the point of like, you got to do something. You have to. You don't think that torn meniscuses are like for your injuries? That's what that, that's not what normally happens with. Brian, the we've it's talked like, about I'm, this. I've 
I tore my meniscus. I was back on the court in six weeks. I didn't have to go to stupid England and get stem cell treatment for what? Granted, I'm not seven <laughs> feet tall, but like, what are we doing here? This isn't a two year rehab thing. There has to be something else going on. This is like a Mark. This is a Markel situation. This is Markel Fultz 2.0. Oh, okay. Wow. So that is, this is another lesson. Never search for too much gold. We were in this incredibly like optimistic place. So you're telling me why the Warriors are going to be much better. One Wiseman question. Suddenly I'm dealing with Markel Fultz. Jeez. Okay. Let's, let's just move yeah, on. No, no, maybe, that, maybe that's the lack of sleep talking right there. That's the lack of sleep. <laughs> there you go. With that, and no one's eaten as many basalts as you had over the last like three or four days. So nobody could really pay attention as you're going through that. Let's move to our draft, Christian, because I, I mean, I'm ignorant when it comes to college basketball anyways. Over the last couple of years, I was able to elevate my knowledge because the Warriors were in the draft and we wanted to know, you know, who, who could change some of our prospects. Well, that's not true this year. You know, we're, we're back at the 28th pick. And because of that, I know nothing. I do not want our audience to know that. So help me. All right. Um, let's start with just generally speaking. What would you consider this draft, right? So you hear things, you know, loaded, deep, top heavy. How, when you look at this draft, what do you consider it? I consider it um, two things, top heavy. And then I think there's going to be a lot of surprises, pleasant surprises um, in that probably 28 range. I mean, I wrote about a few sleepers that are in the second round, but they're creeping up now because players that were projected that teams really like, like I was on the phone with a GM last night and he's, got to pick around the 25 to 35. And he, he just said, he's like, Oh, all the guys that we like, we're afraid they're not going to be there because the word is getting out after workouts of how well they're producing and what they're projecting at the NBA level. So now everybody's scrambling to try to find that next player that they can grab, you know, come, come their pick and the warriors are there, but guess what? The warriors don't really need to add anything. So they're going to look for a glue guy, a rotational guy, someone that can come in either, shoot with the secondary or, or third unit, be reliable if, if injuries hit the court, and also um, just just be uh, you know a good role player to Stephen Clay. Isn't that what you want now? You got your bread and butter. You just need some supporting cast members. I actually, you've changed what I want. I'm hoping that there's going to be a new meniscus available at the 28th slot for uh, James Wiseman. <laughs> I don't know if you know if there's anything out there or that's, available. That's, I, I, yeah, maybe, yeah. Different drafting in a different draft. Style. I was gonna say so, no, no, no. I was, I was gonna say, so, I was gonna say something in in reference to our previous conversation. I was gonna say maybe yes, Adam Silver, but that was a previous <laughs> offline story. Yeah, that so. was offline, but you were able to use the Marcus voice again, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, which reminds me, as a follow up, and I should ask this much earlier: either MT or Maxine, would you ever use somebody else's bathtub? I mean, like, of course you wouldn't if they're your, your landlord. You know, I mean, just like that, of course, you're not going into someone else's house that you don't even rent. Like, the, the levels of that are insanely inappropriate. But just from, like, a cleanliness, like, just maintaining some kind of level of, like, personal hygiene, would you use somebody else's bathtub? I, it's, I, I'm very distracted by that. It feels like a really weird thing to do. Am I wrong on that? Not wrong at all. I would feel weird just using her bathroom just if I was up there using the laundry, like, let alone run a bath and sitting there with multiple flavors of, of bath salts. So I think it's, yeah, I could see one. No, but, but you guys, you guys missed, you guys missed, you missed the most important, uh, you missed the import, most important thing about the story. 
the, the second wine glass rings. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't just him. It was him and his girlfriend. And then my mind just races to everything else. So I threw out my bed sheets. I <laughs> threw out everything. So it wasn't necessarily just the bath. It was the potential of Oh my god! No, this dude. You think it may have spilled back yeah. into your room? Who is this dude? Yeah, this is like this like dude. I know. Rent your apartment to like Hitler or something. This is like one of the worst people I've ever heard. This is this is awful. No, but That's if, all I can if you're, you. If you're com- if you're comfortable enough to take a bath in somebody else's bathtub, I'm sorry. It, maybe there's comfort. Shocking behavior from Rudy Gobert. Sky's the limit. Okay, no, you're, you're fair. <laughs> That's, that's, and and to make sure that Christian doesn't get sued, that was in fact Marcus. That was not Christian's uh, impersonation of Marcus. That was Marcus. Hard to tell the difference. Hard to tell. The Gobert thing. Back to the draft. KP. Um, top five. So not not necessarily how they're going to get drafted. I understand there's some fluidity, and you know, Sacto is looking for a trade. But the top five talent in this draft. Uh, how do they go in your mind? It goes Jabari Smith and then Chet Holgram, Paolo Bencaro, uh, Jaden Ivey. I have a different one at number five, but I'm really high on him. He's not going to go number five. It's going to be Keegan Murray or Ben Matherin, but I love Shane Sharp. I, I'm sure you saw this one coming, especially since I DM it to you like once a month just to see how these guys would go in. So if we had a time machine <laughs> and we could put in Jonathan Kaminga in this draft, he's just available. Anybody could pick him up. Yeah, Where would he go? Or not, not let me change that. Four. Put him in that top five you just gave me. Not where he'd get drafted, not, not like five. team need. Just, God, I thought I told you we were going to go top three. I thought for sure you're going to give me a top three. This is very upsetting. To me. Oh wait, you, we you did, you did. We we did we practiced this, and I said sorry, Bram. You're right. Top three. <laughs> All right, five. Um, same question, Jordan Poole. If Jordan Poole was in this draft right Ooh. now. Where would he go? Uh, six. Okay, this is I not would going take in the right direction. Ben Matherin and Dyson Daniels. And assume Wiseman's healthy. I understand what we've talked about and, you know, huge uphill assumption. But just assume he's healthy for me. Put him in this. If you tell me seven, KP, I'm hanging up right now. Where does where does Wiseman go? Eleven. Oh, you should have told me seven. Maxime, kick her out, dude. This is, this is not going <laughs> MT, you are normally our college hoop guru, at least as far as that term can be used for this show. Have you been paying attention to the, the names she just dropped? Have you been following this season? I have. I'm, I'm um, a friend of our friend. KP's always been great to us, so I reciprocated and make sure to read all the stuff she publishes and support. Um, and shout out to KP. Uh, I read her mock drafts and, and the different iterations all leading up to the draft. And then I also read the ESPN ones just to see how they're tracking. And I'll say it for you, KP. It's very interesting how those ones are so aligned to what kp puts out and it's like i know everybody's watching the same workouts and talking to the same people and gms and scouts but it's just very interesting that kp puts down her opinion and everybody else is so aligned so um i think kp is leading the way and um i'll say that for you so you don't have to say it to your colleagues but um yeah i think it is a top heavy draft I think the sleeper and the best player that will be coming out of it, um, take this with a grain of salt. I said it about Cam Reddish, too, and was wrong with that for that draft. But I think Ben <laughs> Matherin is the sleeper of, of this draft. Um, 
just watching him in the NCAA tournament, he just, to me, had the same kind of qualities that reminded me of a young Bradley Beal when he was at Florida. So um, he can shoot, he's a slasher, and he has some highlight reel um, talent inside of him. So um, I look at him and Shaden Sharp as being the two best players when it's all said and done. I love Jabari Smith. He's the prototype for the NBA, 6'10", can shoot, probably the best shooter in the draft. Um, and I thought it was interesting that KP, you said um, Bancaro would be a better, would be drafted higher than Kuminga. Um, I think he's a talent too, but I just, he's going to land in Houston. And I'm not sure that that's going to be the best situation for him and how that'll play out. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's an interesting draft. It's, there's a lot of players in it. And to KP's earlier point, I think some of the later first round, early second round, like the Andrew Nebhards from Gonzaga will end up being quality role players and um, probably surprise a few people. We won't get any Draymond Green, Nikola Djokic, like all-star and MVP depoy type talent, I think, out of this draft, but um, there'll be some solid role players. Two quick follow-ups, and first I'll follow Marcus's lead. There's no question you're the best at this, Christian. I mean, that that's, goes without oh, saying, and I will add um, – No, there's no, that's, it's not – this is an objective fact I'm dropping, and the thing that speaks to me isn't the basketball knowledge. That's a uh, prerequisite. You wouldn't be able to do this job unless you knew what you were talking about, unless you followed these guys. It's what I put up front. It's a relationship with the players. It, it's knowing these guys as long as you did, knowing their personalities, spending that time with them. These are the things that the people um, who don't have the kind of time to develop that relationship can't give us this kind of knowledge. So there's no question you're the best at this. Two, I did not know that Marcus was going to make Maxime and I look bad. This fool's opening up with, oh, I read all of KP's stuff. And I just told you that I know nothing about this draft, so I can no longer claim that. Maxime, did you feel that was like a personal shot at us or just like an ass kissing move by MT? I'm not. I wasn't sure how to read that, dude, but it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. 100%. I feel like then he like read from a script, you know, the dude had more knowledge than I, I realized was possible if you're not KP. It was amazing. What about where he opened up with? Well, I actually reciprocate with KP, and I read everything. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you know? Like, I love her work. I just the said Yahoo that. I gave her connection. a you know? Yahoo Sports Connection. It, it runs deep when you bleed purple. Yes. Yeah. Well, you guys use the same voice. So I, it makes sense. <laughs> Wait, Marcus, can I tell you? I thought you were going to say, and KP, I look at I look at your mock, and I look at ESPN, and because I was asked to uh, – write a blurb on all 58 picks for my final mock draft, which if anybody is wondering is over 5,000 words and it took me forever. I thought you were going to commend me for that and be like, I read every single entry and I was going to be like, great, more than my mother read this entire article. Thank you. But I'll take the other compliment too. Yeah, he definitely has. I think he's memorized them. Marcus, what was the 3,502nd word in there? Man? Do you remember yeah, it was shot selection. It was hyphenated. <laughs> yes. Or versatility. Versatile big. Tell me more about Chet Holmgren. All right? Because I don't see it. I don't get it. Uh, he, he looks like an overly skinny rim protector who can probably shoot from three, but I don't, I don't see the unicorn, which is a phrase I'm stealing from you. So do you still view him as a superstar in this draft? Does unicorn still apply? Tell us about this guy. I do. Um, I just saw him yesterday. I sat down with him. Um, he's very calm. Um, I think he's confident that of where he's going. 
Um, I don't know if he has a promise or not. Some players do. Some players don't before they go into the draft. Jaden Ivey definitely doesn't have a promise. We'll get more on him later. But with Chet, you know, it's one of those things where he has found ways to go against the grain every step of his career. As a high schooler, we said all the same things. He's too skinny. He can't bang in the post. And you know what his answer is? Well, watch me do this. I'm going to use my footwork. I'm going to use what my strengths are to my advantage and find ways to score. you got to remember he's got a seven foot five wingspan. So even if he's banging in the post, which really he's never going to do, he's got the footwork to be able to finish over the top of most bigs and most players that he's going against. Mm. And you're forgetting like, this is a player he shot up eight inches, like an Anthony Davis Grossberg in eighth grade. Prior to that, him and Jalen Suggs were the exact same height. I saw the photo. His dad, oh. Dave, showed me the photo. And so he, he could handle the ball like the guard. He continued to work on his handle after he grew six inches. So he can take players off the dribble better than, I think, Jabari Smith and Paolo Bencaro with his footwork and his frame. He's able to maneuver in the lane and do more than – you know, we expect at seven foot, seven foot one and 195 pounds. Are you, are you guys sold? <laughs> you know what sold it? I think he has, I think he has the potential to change the game. Why? Here, let me, let me follow up with what you asked. And then let me ask you the why am I sold? Not sold that he's necessarily going to be a superstar. I got to watch him. And I, I have not watched him for, you know, a third of the minutes that you have. So I'm not sure. But the thing that you just said that really sticks out to me. So the biggest criticism I have, I've already dropped is his physique. But we don't have bangers in the league anymore. You know, there, there's not, that's not really what the center position does. He, he, he would be a unicorn if he was more of a Shaquille-like player. We don't do that anymore. So if, if he, his footwork and his shooting ability allows him to succeed in a, a league that is more stretch-based, you know, than it ever has been, I can see that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched him enough to be able to use the term unicorn. MT, are you sold on him? I'm not, but... Um willing and expecting to be wrong um i just worry who he's gonna guard we don't have the traditional bangers no, 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 and banging no, in the post no. but hang on hang if on. he is this hang on marcus it's not who does he guard it's who guards him you got to think of it at the opposite you got to go 50 50 yes that is a concern but then you got to flip the switch and i think he is a bigger problem with the ball in his hands than playing the four and having to come over at help side defense as a shot blocker He's not going to be guarding Joel Embiid. He's not going to be guarding Rudy Gobert. He's going to be the four position and be that secondary defender. So that to me is not a problem. Continue. Sorry. Got it. No, no, that's helpful because that's where I was going was when he goes up against the Embiid's and the Jokic, like they're going to back him down and it's not going to be, they, they dislodged, you know, Draymond Green easily. So um, they're definitely going to move him out of the way. Holmgren out of the way. So if he's going to play the four and um, not be asked to guard those bigger guys, then it's dependent on his footwork and his ability to keep up with the stretch fours in the league who, who are really talented. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I turn to KP. She studies this and knows these players a lot better than I do, um, than most of us do. So I'll trust her, but I'm, I, there's the jury's still out for me. I'm, I worry that his slight frame and the the transition is going to be a big jump for him. Um, but I will say the spacing that's available in the NBA probably creates a better opportunity for him than what the college game kind of plays at. Gonzaga didn't know what to do with him this year. That's why that's why he didn't like put yeah. up crazy numbers because they were trying to put him in a, a set offense. 
and didn't give him the freedom and the spacing on the floor to be able to create, create for himself and create. Okay. Well, and uh, to respond to the Joel Embiid thing, I mean, there's not very many people in the NBA who can guard Joel Embiid. You know, I mean, if, if that's the main criticism yeah. we can is that he can't bang with him. There's not a lot of people um, who fit that description. Here's the one I meant to ask earlier. Do you know his favorite flavor of bath salt? Because I've always <laughs> found that that really helps kind of define how good a player is going to be. Take me to the other side, KP. So as you can imagine, the people listening to these words, strangely enough, might be more focused on the back end of the first round as opposed to the front half of it. So in that 28-pick range, because what you said is exactly when, I, when we asked about what the draft might be, having sleepers towards the back end, that's what we want, right? So two questions. One, what players should Warrior fans be at least aware of as we get to the back half of the, uh, the draft with the 28th pick? And two, do you think Golden State will use the pick? Because I've, I'm also hearing that there's, there's chances they may trade out of it. Um, so what do you think? What do you got? They don't need the pick. They don't. They have they have plenty of pieces, you know, um, with Moses and with uh, Kaminga. They don't need to bring anybody else in right now to develop. But if somebody's there and it's not going to cost them a ton of cap space, then you take them. And there is a lot of good value at 28. I mean, a player out of Wake Forest, Jake LaRavia, I actually have him going to Golden State. And he's a player that's been rising as of late because of really solid workouts and you know, he kind of reinvigorated this Wake Forest team who has essentially done nothing <laughs> in the past, I don't know, five to seven, eight, maybe decade. Um, so he was, he doesn't look the part. He's very like, he doesn't look like he would be a strong basketball player, but what he brings is great size and a three and D wing average 15 points and almost seven rebounds per game. Um, and is a junior. So he's still, he's a little bit older and, and has a more established game. Do you want me to keep? You want me? You want me to keep going? <laughs> yes, as many as you can. I mean, look, this is all. This is like basketball porn for us. Like the, any any upsides, any bullet points you can give us about why the Warriors might be getting better, even after they've won the title. I'm all here for. I'm also. I couldn't be more excited for this Warriors summer league team. Like I'm the, with Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman. So if you if there's another player who's going to add on there, yes. I mean that every if there's other guys or other details about this one, fire away. Okay, well, I mean, also in that range, another question mark, someone that I'm not necessarily as high on as everybody else is Caleb Houston. I mean, another 6'8 wing shoots, lights out. I went and saw him work out in Vegas uh, for a couple weeks, and he wasn't missing. Problem is, he was missing in his one year in Michigan. He only averaged, I think, 33% from deep. So those that number is kind of concerning, but when he's making it this close to the draft, there's going to be some intrigue there because he is still young at just 19. He has that size of a wing that every team wants. And if you can shoot, we all know from the Warriors, um, what did Clay say? We, we shoot threes and win championships. Like if you can shoot threes, then you can get time on the court. And Caleb can shoot. He is a high-release, great shooting mechanics. Um, and is someone that, that people like in the first round. I don't understand it. He's not very explosive and he's got some lateral deficiencies and is kind of a defensive liability, but again, he can shoot. So if you want that sort of shooter, then he's also there kind of in the back half of the draft. Um, and then another player that I really like um, is Jane Hardy from the G league Ignite team. This is a guy who was the best scorer coming out of high school. He was unstoppable. And I think what happened was in COVID, he wasn't getting that five on five, uh, competition so it was more on one-on-one -on -one and one-on-zero 
So you go from that, doing that, to playing against grown-ass men in the G League that are fighting for an NBA roster spot who have who are quicker and have more length. And all of a sudden, that James Harden step back three that was working against Amari Bailey out of Sierra Canyon High School isn't going in. And so we're seeing sure. him fall a little bit, but I think he's going to be a better pro. And it, I can't imagine him in the young core with with Mo and Kaminga and Wiseman, if you want to throw him in there. Like, Jane, it would be it would be like an offensive dream. Do you think he'll be there? I, I do think he'll be there. Yeah, I, I like that pick, too. I, I remember him when they showcased him um, at the G League, and he, he had some buzz as being, like, one of the, the top players coming in there. Um, I think in your, in your mock draft, he's going to Miami, right? Yeah, right before. But do you, uh, Miami yeah. didn't work him out. Um, but do you know my mock draft? My I looked, I looked, I like looking at this, like my way too early mock draft that I put out the day after the draft. So it'll, on Friday, it'll be the way too early 2023 mock. So I looked, I looked at last year. I had Jane Hardy going four. Oh, yeah. He was that good. He's, he's talented. Do you like that recall? Jim? What? I was just going to say, you like that recall that I just called out that I believe oh. KP had him going to Miami right before us. So <laughs> will he be there? Not if KP's right. <laughs> I mean, if by recall, I mean your ability to read. I'm sure you have her draft up right in front of you right now. And I'm, I am impressed. This I actually don't. I, <laughs> I haven't laminated of my bed, but that's yeah. different. <laughs> you know how much I like Christian. I hate that you're developing this kind of side relationship with her. It's really bothering me. If I could somehow kick you out of this, I would, but so far I have not. Put a bow on this for us, KP. So which name of the ones you just gave us, if the Warrior fans, you know, if everything worked out just right, who do we really want at 28? Jane Hardy or, I mean, I guess also I, a guy I didn't even talk about yet, Christian Brown out of Kansas, um, the – really deep shooter who's more athletic than you think. Um, I think he would be a good fit in the the Warriors, but I really like Jane Hardy. And if he if he falls to 28, that's a, that's a steal. Know that. So you've seen me taking notes. Um, these notes are not for this podcast. I don't need them. We just had all of this. These notes are so that later on today, if somebody casually asks me about the draft, I'm going to drop like, oh, well, Caleb Houston, great shooter. Kind of a problem with lateral quickness, but he could really immediately contribute. So don't think for a second that I'm not going to turn this into some kind of collateral. You know, that is, that's, that's the kind of shallow person I am, KB. Let's, uh, let's get to the main event here. So I have been really fired up to ask you about your dating life. So fired oh up that I've even come up with a name for the segment, Dating in the Desert. So the last time we had KP on, you boys may remember, she shared some incredible stories about a man with a mullet and, and weird back and forth and guys who weren't paying attention. Well, here are the last couple of DMs we got about her dating life. One, under a blue sky dude is back, and I went in with four uh, four ends. Two, most importantly, I've fully given up on dating in Utah. So, you could uh, under a blue sky. Why you gave up? And you, whatever you want to tell us, we are here for it. Okay. Well, first of all, we have to talk about the guy that like he asked me out, and then he made me pay for drinks. You're not supposed to do that. No, yeah, no. Wait, what? <laughs> No, he asked, okay, did no, no, he, no, Did he give you his policy on using other people's bathtubs? No, no. <laughs> Wait, do you live in my basement? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Loft no. basement, so asked, loft basement. <laughs> yes. He, I'm, I'm never doing that again. That was not worth the side hustle. But I, th no, this guy asked me out. I was like, okay, 
let's go watch some playoff basketball. This is back when like everybody was in it, like the playing games. And so we show up and, and, and I was like, okay, well, do you like basketball? This is like over text. He's like, yeah, I love basketball. He's like, cause he knew I was in it. So I was like, great. So I'm sitting there waiting for him. First thing he says, when he walks in, he's like, whoa, when did new Orleans get a team? <laughs> I'm like, like 2008, I think like at least. And then he followed it with, he followed it with, who's the big guy on the bench? And I'm like, Zion Williamson? You don't know who Zion Williamson is? So that was when I knew it was doomed. Another thing that he did, and I never knew that this would upset me as much as it did. He like ordered a Moscow, a Moscow mule. Fine, fine, great drink. Nervously stirred his drink for an hour. Never took a sip, just stirred, 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 stirred for an hour. You guys, and in that why does he not actually drink? Was he just trying to like order something to to seem like he was cool, but didn't feel comfortable drinking well, or something? Is he Mormon? Do you know how you know how much more pissed I was that I had to pay for that drink that he did not drink. <laughs> so then, so then it's like, so then it's it's getting to. The, I'm like, okay, I got to get out of the state. So I try to like spin the conversation back to him. I was like, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I train canines that for like fire rescue and like drug sniffing dogs at the airport. Whoa. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I have a puppy, Gary, Gary gets along with every dog except my neighbor's dog. What do I do? How do I fix that? So he went in on like 10 minutes on how I should fix this. That's like, great. I, this date wasn't completely worthless. I didn't wash my hair for no reason. So then at the end of the day, or I won't even call it a date at the end of drinks, the waitress comes over and she's like, uh, together or separate? He goes together. And then he turned to me and he's like, well, I just gave you like $50 worth of free dog no. advice. No. So drinks on you. No. Yeah. <laughs> that is and amazing. Then, and, I, and this isn't, this isn't, this isn't even the worst date in a three week time span. This was just like the beginning. And then, so I was like, okay, I respect the dude. He totally just played me, whatever. I've never seen him again. And I didn't. Second date, second, and I, it wasn't even a date. It wasn't even a date. Second, th- uh, Bram, this is what I sent you. Like this, okay. So I start like talking to this guy, seem normal. He's not from Utah. That's like my first prerequisite. I'm like, okay, good. You're not from Utah. He's from Canada. <laughs> So he, I'm, I'm in South Carolina and then I'm going to Atlanta for the Heat uh, Hawks series. So it was like a busy weekend. So he starts texting me. He texts me something ridiculous. Like he's asking me about basketball and he ends with, with yeah, the NBA is not as busy as it used to be. All the good players are, are gone. The only ones who are still good are LeBron James and Steph Curry. The only players? The NBA has never been more talented. What What is wrong with this guy? Especially with young talent. It's all yeah. new talent right now. That's exactly so right. Clearly, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. So I'm like, okay. Um, I was like, I'm just going to let it. Because it was 1130 at night. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm not even going to broach this subject. So then Monday, I'm like heading back to Utah. And he, I get this text. Do you, Bram, do I read the whole thing? Like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Okay. He says, hello. Enjoy a wonderful Monday life. I see you have read my messages, but have not replied. I would like to say a few words to you. I spent two hours finishing my dating profile. I spent time talking to you. And out of the interest and courtesy, as well as sincere of my heart, I added your number. 
as to whether you are interested in me, you can let me know directly. I don't mind if you're interested in me because there's a lot of people interested in me. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I, I'm not here. By the way, this is not like a 10 on this dating. He's, n- he's nothing. <laughs> and he says, I don't, I don't want to waste time, but reply or don't reply. I feel like you're impolite and I don't like the way you treat people. So now I read this and I'm getting ready to like get on my flight after covering game four of like the Hawks, whatever, uh, the Hawks heat series. And I'm like, no, this dude does not get off that easy. So, so this is when I, I went in, did he, I went in on, before you read us that, let me ask you, did he, did he charge you $50 for that dating advice or no? Was that just free information? That you you? What, what was your response to him? Okay. My response. Whoa, chill dude. I didn't reply. Because one, you texted me at 1130 at night. and I've got a lot going on. I worked all day too. I worked all day yesterday. Had to drive to Atlanta from South Carolina. I cover basketball. It's the playoffs. Games are on the weekends. I'm busy. Three, who spends two hours making a dating profile? (laughs) Four, you appear to be far too sensitive to handle my schedule. I had every intention to reach out to you when I was back. But now, no thanks. And that was that. Okay, so that was story number, number three. Number should have been number one. No. Who spends two okay. hours on a dating profile? Okay, the third story Jeez. I have, Bram, that you haven't heard about. Uh, I was pulled over in my Tesla for speeding. And uh, the cop shows up and I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm new to the area. I've never driven on this road, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you need a license plate mount on the front of your car. You, your window's too tinted. You need a Utah driver's license if your car's registered in Utah. And, and then he goes, he's like, what's your address? And I was like, don't you want my license and registration? He's like, no, but I'll take your number. Are you married? And oh. as he's saying this, I see, a, I see a wedding ring. And I'm like, no, but it, <laughs> it looks like you are. And he replied to me, yeah, but not enthusiastically. Okay, so then I'm oh like... <laughs> All right, dude, just give me the ticket. So he gave me the ticket. <laughs> Not only did he give me the ticket, I have to appear in court on June 29th. You should remind this dude, you need to look at his wife. You need to look up his wife and be like, look, you do not want me to show up to court. That the only thing I'm going to testify on is you hitting on me. The, these stories are mind blowing and I'm going to work backwards. Okay. Number one, I love the fact that you said, yeah, I got pulled over for speeding into my Tesla. And then when you got pulled over, you said, I'm new to the area. Like you thought maybe the speed limit was like a thousand miles per hour. I don't think that being new to the area helps with speeding at all. Two, I love that one of the prerequisites for dating in Utah is that the person is not from Utah. Christian, that's going to be a real fucking hard thing to feel. Like you should probably you know, realize that's real hard. Three, and, and this is judgment theater, so I don't want you to um, answer this yet, all right? So back to the first date. The, the, if this happens and it's me, if I know all about basketball, but I'm with somebody significant other, and they make it clear they don't know shit. You know, they don't, they, when do the team come in? New Orleans, who's that guy? I would hate them. I'd be out, but I'd cover I wouldn't bust them out. Like, oh, no, they've been. I didn't know they had a team in New Orleans either. Like, I'd, I'd tap dance and it'd be super awkward. All right. Uh, Marcus, Maxime, do you think 
that Kristen played a fool lightly? Like, do you think that she busted him out and was like, no, fuck yourself, what are you doing? Or do you think that she played it kind of cool and let that person keep um, some of his uh, his pride? Because I'll say, my guess, knowing Kristen, I know she's capable of busting him out, but that they got to the dog advice suggested she was probably pretty nice, you know, that she didn't rip his throat out. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you think she went after him or do you think she let it happen? I think she let it happen, but... That was because she didn't know that the fifty dollars of dog advice was being charged yeah. at that point. If she had known that, she would have she would have let him have it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 exactly that's the right call. And I mean, you know, the thing is, is I was sitting there thinking about it while you were telling the story, Chris, and I was thinking to myself, you know, that is kind of worth drinks. Like that's some pretty good advice. So I would never actually do that to be clear, but I understand where he's coming. <laughs> Holy shit. So, Christian, when I gave the mic over to Maxime, I didn't think he was going to associate with the douche, dude. I'm really sorry about it. I don't know what just happened there. I was telling you. We do not support that guy at all. So what did you do? Did you bust him out with the, with the Zion Williamson thing? Did you, did you tell him who the hell he was and you could never talk again? or I, what I, I told him who he was. Then I tuned him out the rest of the date because I couldn't believe he continued to stir his drink and not take a single sip. And then I told myself in my head... <laughs> that I am ghosting him and never talking to him again. I didn't think that I have to pay for the drink he didn't drink. Because if I knew that going into the night, I would have grabbed his hand, been like, if you're not going to drink this, I will. I can hell of associate. I can associate with so much of that. But what I can really associate was like, as it's going, watching him stir it, and like, what's going on? You know, are you going to drink that? And then at the end for him to be like, oh, you're paying for it? Like, God. you motherfucker. Like, I can't, I cannot believe this is where we ended this. That is, and, and, I don't want to hedge too far away. That cop story is awful, KP. Well, I am like, yes, your decision to no longer date in Utah is totally To be continued, I have to go to court on the 29th. <laughs> I'm, I'm fired up to hear how it goes. He's showing up in a suit with flowers, too. It's a date. Just FYI. If you... <laughs> yeah, well, Christian's showing up with his wife. So we'll, we'll see how that date goes with everybody else. <laughs> it's going to be a real interesting day in traffic court that day. Well, we'll see what's up. That's right after Christian politely explains to the judge, oh, I'm new to this area, so I thought I could go 500 it miles per hour. It's all good. I, I, don't, I, think, I don't know what we're I here I think it all. was because I was speeding a little bit through a school zone, <laughs> like going 35 and a 25. New to the area. I, I got it. Yeah, here's, here's legal advice. Don't tell us anything more about this story. It's like this giant <laughs> Giant uh, like sign that says school. She's like, I didn't, you know, I'm new to this area. I don't ever use that word. I don't really know what school <laughs> means at all. Like, I, you know, everybody relax. It's fine. There's just kids around. I think this needs to be a full circle moment for you, KP. I think you need to create a mock draft for dating life. And no, maybe approach I've, it that I've way hit retirement. Can... I told you guys I'm done. <laughs> You're done. I'm done. To be clear. If you do write that, I will read every fucking syllable of it. Just know that I'll be reading all of your pieces from here on out. And Marcus is it'll not be, your it'll be a fan power rankings. Me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> any, any movement in the power rankings, by the way, of your nieces and nephews? Of oh. uh, any any shifts there? Uh, well, you know, my sister had a baby, and so he's officially ninth because he doesn't do anything. So. <laughs> there has been movement. I mean, yeah, until he like can talk to me and not call me mom and actually knows I'm Aunt Kristen and not the same person as my twin sister, he's last by default. <laughs> 
if memory serves, you've been using that confusion to your advantage for years. So you know, I don't, I don't know if you should be wait, taking wait, wait. too many wait, shots. Wait, wait, before we leave, can I tell you my draft dream? This is literally something that hopefully now that my sister is done popping out kids that we can do next year. But I want to bring her out to the draft. I want to dress in the same dress. I want to look exactly the same. And then when the players come through draft night and they're like thinking they're going to be talking to me, they see her and they're like, KP. And then they turn the corner and they see me again and they'd be like, what? It would totally blow their mind. It would play with all, like, I want to do that so bad just for my own purposes. I love that. Can I give you my dream for today? I'm hoping that when the camera patterns back out, that guy who is sitting behind you is actually in your bath using your bath salts right now. Uh, but I mean, you know, you can you can give us an update on that down the line. Who knows? Who knows? What kind starting of in a That <laughs> <laughs> that he ordered on fucking room service. He's like, I don't even. I just wanted something to stir. I don't even need this. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of bored in this bath. And your flavors. Let me give you fifty-five worth of advice on how to pack your bag. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus is like, KP, I can't wait for you to write a story about this because I'll read the hell out of it. Just because. Christian, I told you this would be 20 minutes. Instead, it's been like three hours. I apologize. I, I not, know how busy I'm you not are. Mad at I know all. how in demand you are. We have veered back and forth between, you know, obviously complimenting you and then joking. Let's go back to the far more important side. You are phenomenal at this. We are lucky to have you here. We appreciate you. And for everybody who already knows that and more and needs more KP in their life, where do they talk? Uh, you can read all my stuff on Yahoo Sports. I've literally written like 37 draft stories from two weeks ago to today. Um, you can follow me on tr- Twitter at Kristen Peak or Instagram. Um, yeah, that's it. Get excited for next year. Next year's draft is where it's at. Uh, I remember you told me that. You told me that JK would go number one in next year, right? So don't answer that. No, no, don't answer that. After. <laughs> Do not answer that. I was very clear about not answering it for us. Uh, you want to get us a question, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. Shoot us an email, uh, and our email address is huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Also on social media, but only one place, Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Don't speed in Utah. And uh, hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2 0